Well, good morning, Vineyard Church family. How's everybody doing today? Man, y'all sounded so good singing. I will be honest, I love what our team does week in, week out, and a delight of my heart is when I get to hear the voices of the community just come alive in worship, so thank you for being a part of that. I also love good walk-up music. Um, in a former life, I played basketball a lot. I love sort of like what the music does in an arena, and yesterday morning, I was playing some basketball at the Y, Honestly, as a spiritual practice of my soul, I've been looking for places where I can experience the life of God in places and ways of freedom. If we're not careful, we just work, work, work. And if we're also not careful, we have this part of our life that's God's part, and we have a part of our life that's not. And I think God wants to make us whole people, where everywhere we go, we're experiencing the presence of God's life in his kingdom. And I thought I was going to get to preach today with a full black eye because I got punched literally in the face, and it is a miracle that, like, my eyes not closed shut, I can, like, see fine, and here's what I want you to know that I experienced. I experienced my kids pray for me, our staff was praying for me, uh, I experienced good medical care, I experienced ice quickly. If you're afraid you're going to bruise, just put ice on it. It's a cool thing God does, and so I literally, like, you look beautiful, I can see you today. So this is a long way to get into a message around a couple things. One, I think a way of God in his life is joy. And I was enjoying life yesterday playing basketball before I got sucker punched. (laughs) And part of me wants to shrink back from that and go, well, I guess I shouldn't go play anymore because what if I really get hurt? And I just find myself doing this. Here's the thing I want you to know. We're going to jump, we're going to see it in the scriptures. The way of God is life. Do you know that? Are you experiencing that? The reality of this life, Jesus said it, you will have trouble. Are you experiencing that? There's this collision. So in this series we've been in, looking at the words of Jesus, we are titled it The Rescue because what I know is we all have things we need rescuing from. We need rescue. I needed rescue from years of not playing basketball to remember I love, turns out, to play basketball. You might think that's weird, but that's a place I experience God's delight and his glory, and I'm hanging out with other people, and I'm building community, and I'm running around, and it's fun. Some of you are looking at me like, where is he going this morning? Like, what is this? The thing that we have to see in Jesus, and we're going to see it in today's scriptures, is that God is the giver of life. He wants to experience his presence and his pleasure. He wants us to know the delight of the kingdom of God, the love of the Father. He wants us to experience the Spirit here and now leading us in joy, that we would be a people that show the world what joy looks like, that show the world what peace looks like, that show the world what life eternal looks like. We get to live into that story. And I want to show you, if you're in the room with us, uh, we have art on the wall. A local artist was kind enough to share her gallery with us, and we're preaching the I Am Statements of Jesus in the book of John, and the New Testament of the scriptures, and this is a visual representation of those statements. So if you've not taken time to soak that in, just know that God is 
creating beauty and he's speaking through the creative arts and the musical arts and he wants to work in your life so that you can delight and enjoy God. You can remember who Jesus is day in and day out. And so as we move to the scriptures today, I want to invite us to do that. And we're going to be in John 6. So if you happen to have brought a Bible with you, feel free to open it up. If you uh, have a smartphone, we love the YouVersion Bible app. It's a free download. You can experience a verse of the day every day, other great resources in there. We launched this series on Easter Sunday, and we, we moved close to the first disciples, and they went to the tomb where Jesus had been crucified, Jesus is dead and buried, and they go to the tomb thinking their friend is, that's right, they go to the tomb expecting to find dead Jesus, and what they find is empty tomb and angels, and they're reminded of the story of God. Just take this in for a minute. They had forgotten quickly. It only took them 48 hours to forget what Jesus had been doing and saying to them for years. And in Luke 24, what we see is this. They are called to remember, and that is the thing we've been asking is, what did the first disciples have to remember? What did the first disciples have to remember, and what must we remember as people of faith day in and day out in every part of our life? And I think they clearly remember that he said, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. I think there were some other things that that then opened up in their life to remember. To remember. To remember that Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe? To remember that Jesus says, I am the gate. Do you believe that I truly am the way to salvation in all things? Remember, I am the good shepherd. Do you know my voice? And to remember, I am the light of the world. Do you feel like you're walking in darkness? I think that, that prayer that uh, Lauren, one of our worship leaders and the privilege I get to be as her husband shared for us is if you've been in a long, dark night, that night just feels like it is not ending to welcome the light of Jesus again. Today, we're going to remember that Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. And so we'll be in John 6. Anybody really like bread? Can I just tell you, like the most beautifully crafted, hot, slightly crunchy, but perfectly not in the middle, like, piece of bread. Anybody, like, right now, you're like, yeah, Kurt, I'm out. I'm not going to hear another thing you said. I'm going to think about bread with, like, butter for the rest of the morning. My wife and I had a, a stretch of days where we were eating a particular way where bread was not part of the plan. At about day 14, all we could crave was hot bread with butter. That's all we could crave, was just like delicious bread. And as we're going to see in the scriptures, and I want to remind us, the thing that's really powerful here is bread is known in every socioeconomic class. Bread is a cuisine known around the entire world. Bread is a way of eating that is known and life-sustaining. 
And it is a picture we see in the scriptures, and we're going to see it again today. So I want to direct your uh, attention to John 6. This is New Testament. We're following the words of Jesus. We're going to start in verse 25. I'll give you a little backdrop on what's been happening. Jesus has been performing miracles. Jesus walks on the water. Absolutely crazy story. If you want to go read it, I would encourage you to do so and just pay attention to what it actually says. I was rereading it this week, and I just was like, man, Jesus is so awesome, and this is crazy. Before that, he feeds the 5,000. John chapter 6 opens with him feeding the 5,000, and we get this in verse 25. When they, the crowd, found him on the other side of the lake, he feeds the 5,000 on one side of the lake, he walks across the water, joins his buddies in the boat, they get to the other side of the lake, verse 25 When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Now, I just want us to pay attention to what's happening here. Crowd, talking to Jesus, when they use the word rabbi, they're acknowledging him as a teacher. There's a lot of people in our day and time that will acknowledge Jesus as teacher. Oh, he's a good teacher. He was a person of wisdom. Let's keep watching what unfolds. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires. What are the works that we must do? Jesus says, you would ask me for what you need, and they're still holding it in their court. What do we need to do? Jesus answered, the work of God is this. They asked for works, plural. Jesus says there's one. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? Like, are, y'all tra- are you like entering the text right here? Are you seeing the tension that's building? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. This is good news. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty, but as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up The last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. This is good news. 
My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up the last day. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. When we read the scriptures, let's be careful not to be too judgy of the people that are grumbling and like missing the point because I just think that would probably be me. Like who do you associate with in the scriptures? I mean, maybe you're at a point you're like, ah, I know I'm not Jesus, but I would never have been that crowd. I mean, if I had seen Jesus do miracles, I would surely believe. They had just seen Jesus do miracles. They had just eaten the bread and the fish multiplied over and over and over again. Can we see that Jesus is sort of confronting them and maybe confronting us a little bit? At this, the Jews there began to grumble at him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother were known? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Did they forget about the birth story? How easy to now exclude Mary? Like, how easy to exclude Zachariah and the years of property? They're like, oh, Joseph, he was just a dude in town. And Jesus says, stop grumbling among yourselves. Jesus answered, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Wow. I was a little overwhelmed this week thinking, I'm supposed to preach all this in like one message? <laughs> like there's so much here. There's so much here. I mean, we could just hang out a little bit here and a little bit there. And what I hope is you're being drawn into the life of God because what we see here are some things that we need to see clearly. What we see here are some things that are so important and we must Understand, Jesus is clear. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Jesus is not confused. Jesus does not leave this up to interpretation. Jesus is clear. I am the one who has been with the Father. I am here to do the will of the Father. If you have seen me, you are seeing the heart of God. If you have seen me, you can understand the will of the Father. If you have seen me, you are now seeing God's heart so that everyone in the world might experience life. It is clear, and Jesus is very unapologetic about it. I am the bread of life. This is actually good news. 
And here's where I want us to understand this is challenging. Do you ever think if you lived back in the Bible times and you had been there around Jesus, it would be easier to believe? Anybody? I grew up in church. Sometimes I used to think that. Well, if I could have just seen Jesus, turns out, nope, hard. Still hard to believe in Jesus. Even then, the people that were there at the miracles, they see the signs and wonders. They're going, hey, you got to do better than that, Jesus. Maybe if you fed 25,000 people. It's hard. Here's why. In this story, one of the things that I think is really interesting that feels super appropriate to this day and time is Jesus is not only confronting their faith and the source of life, he's confronting their materialism. Jesus is confronting the people and their propensity to be materialistic. Here's what I mean. In one of the commentaries on uh, this text, Bruce Milne says, Jesus confronts the Galileans with their air. Basically, he says they are materialists. Their real interest in Jesus lies in his feeding their bellies so that they no longer have to do work for their food. They are so obsessed with the material world that they are not able to see the true blessing which God is offering them is not on the, that level at all. It is the food that endures to eternal life. They are saying, Jesus, give us bread. We love bread. We would eat warm bread with butter all day long. Give us the bread that will satisfy our bellies. We want that bread. And Jesus says, I am that bread. And then they're like, ah. Uh, I mean, can we do this some way different? Can we do this different, Jesus? Jesus says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Here's the thing we need to understand. This faith journey is to be received. The life that we are looking for is to be received from Jesus. The life that endures through eternity is to be received from Jesus. And Jesus is very clear. Receive me. I am the bread of life. Receive me. All the things that this culture makes it really easy to build up. And I am the most like material of them all. I'm like, oh yeah, that new Ford Bronco is sweet. If you love cars, there's nothing wrong with that. I rolled my jeans today because apparently I'm vain. And I think it looks cool. I fix my hair because I wonder if I came out with my hair not fixed, would you believe the words that I'm saying? Some of you are like, yeah, dude, you're not trustworthy. If your hair is not blow-dried and hairsprayed. I just want us to understand, we live in this world, and it is hard sometimes for us to fully comprehend and understand. We are so saturated in this world we live in that it is sometimes hard for us to see clearly who Jesus is and what he's up to. And that's why we need the scriptures, and that's why we need community, because Jesus is saying, all that the world offers you, all that the world offers you will fail you and will die with you. I will not. I will raise you up at the last day. I am the bread of life. Will you receive me? Will you receive me? The work of this text for us is to believe. 
The people there are like, hey, give us this bread. We want the bread. Let's eat the bread. I'm telling you, I think it's probably as good as the rolls we had last week at our, at our barbecue that came from Texas Roadhouse. Like, I just have to believe it's got to be at, at least that good or better. And they're asking Jesus, what are the works we need to do? Jesus says, believe in me. Can I just give you the most ultimate, like, simple way to walk out your faith? Every day, every moment, in every decision you face, in every room you're in, with every person that you experience life with, believe in God and let that shape every part of your life. Receive Jesus, believe in God, and let that shape everything that you do and everything that you are. That is the call of God on your life, to believe. What are the works that we need to do? How do we live out this faith life? How do we be a good Christian? Believe God is giving us Jesus and is the source of life, is the provider of life. Believe in the one God sent. That is the whole thing. Words of Jesus, John 6. Does that feel too simple? It is the most difficult thing that we do because we regularly struggle to know better. We regularly doubt. We regularly are afraid. We regularly are human. And yet Jesus is making it super simple. Bring your life and draw what you need from me. I am the bread of life. The work of God is this, to believe the one that I sent. Believe in Jesus. The work is to believe. In the commentary by Joseph Dongle, they say this, trust and trust alone is both the first step and the pathway to life with God, which God requires through his approved agent, Jesus. To trust. To trust. It's to trust. You know how hard it is to trust in a world that's crumbling? You know how, how hard it is to trust that there's a giver of life when you're surrounded by sorrow and death? Do you know how hard it is to trust when it feels like all you can experience is darkness and despair and loneliness? It is so hard. It is so hard to trust. And I think what I'm reminded of as I think about this, this text is we can't do it. We can't. We cannot trust apart from God. And that's what Jesus tells us. He says, you actually have to receive this work from God. God is initiating with us, which allows us to believe there is a God who is at work for our good, who's bringing life, and God, by his grace and mercy, begins to draw us into his story. And we receive and we respond. We receive and we respond. Even our faith and our belief is to believe that God is doing it. It's not up to us to do it. But when we see that God is doing it, we've been, uh, let me try this again. When we begin to believe, try that again. Begin to believe. Everybody say that with me. Begin to believe. That's not easy to get out. 
When we begin to believe, what we are already beginning to do is to join the work of God in us. It is beginning to draw us in, and we receive and we respond. It is not a pressure on you. It is not a kind of a litmus test for like, well, how good of a faithful person are you? It comes down to how needy are you? How hungry are you? How thirsty are you? And to realize you cannot generate the life you want on your own strength or power, and we just go, God, I believe I need you. That is actually where I start. I believe that I need you. I believe I have been humbled by this life. Is there something better from you and for you? So when I talk to you about belief today, please hear my heart. This is your capacity to receive God. To just go, you know what, God? I, I need you. I need to believe there is a source of life. I need to believe that there is a giver of life. I need to believe that when people die, you raise them to life. That at the end of the end, you are the one that is securing eternity. And Jesus says it is the work of the Father that no one would be lost. That the entire world would draw life from God. So here's two things that I, I think are challenges I see in this text. Here's the first challenge. And I think this is actually like what I've just experienced growing up where I grow up and living the life that I've lived. And so I'll just speak about my own soul for a second. I regularly want the provision more than I want the provider. I want the bread more than I want the baker. I want my financial needs met, but I don't want to see that God is the keeper of all and the giver of all and actually wants to speak into all of it all the time. I am prone to want the good gifts of God without the relationship with God. I want the provision. Hey, God, give me that bread. And he says, I am that bread. And I go, ah, I'm out. I'm out. Actually, no, I didn't want you. I just wanted the good stuff you give because I don't want your authority. I don't want your control. I don't want you to lead me and guide me. I just want to do what I do, and then you supply for my needs. We regularly want the provision, not the provider, and this text calls us to trust and long for the living God. And in relationship with the living God, our life is secure. Our needs are met because we begin to orchestrate a life that's authored by the creator himself. We regularly want the provision, but not the provider. Just go back and read it, verses 34 through 37. Just check it out. And if you think I'm wrong, that's okay. If you feel like I'm being judgy, I'm really sorry. <laughs> but I'd also just call us to trust in God. That is what this whole text says. They want bread for their bellies, and he's going, I want your life for eternity. This is good news. So that's one. Here's two. Here's two. We do not have to wonder what God's heart is towards us. It has been revealed in Jesus. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. If you think Jesus is beautiful, if you think Jesus is trustworthy, if you think Jesus is true and a great teacher, I've got even better news for you. He is a great Savior. 
If you have seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. And God says, Jesus says that God's heart is for the entire world to experience life. We do not have to wonder about God. Just read in the room for a second. We don't have to wonder. The reason we've titled this series The Rescue is because we believe God's heart is compassionate and longing for people to be rescued and brought home into relationship with God. It's what we were created for. We don't have to wonder about God's heart. I think the scriptures are so clear, and I'm so grateful for that. Here's the thing we do have to assess. We do have to assess what our heart is towards Jesus. What is your heart towards Jesus? If you keep reading in this text and you go a little bit further, you're going to watch people walk away. They loved the feast that he curated by miraculous power. They ate. It was a good party. Maybe a little unexpected. Their bellies were full. They were asking for more bread. And then Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And they went away. We have to assess our own heart. We have to assess our own trust. We have to assess God. Do I believe? And my own life story tells me enough I have to assess over and over and over again and continue to do the work of coming back to God because I realize God continues to come after me. The Spirit of God continues to call me into more, to call me more deeply and fully into life with God and life with others. This is eternal life that you know Jesus Christ and the God who sent him into the world. It's good news. Our faith in Jesus is a response to God the Father drawing us. How is your heart doing? How is your heart doing? So here's where I want to finish. We all need rescue. I just think as we look at Jesus in this story, he positions himself to be the rescue of everyone the rescue of the world, the life source of everyone, the life source of the world. If you see an earlier story, Jesus has an interaction with a Samaritan woman, and he says, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for living water, and I would give it to you fully and freely. And then the entire town comes to faith. This tells us a story that God is calling the entire world, all the ethnos, all the people, into the life of his kingdom so that when we see the kingdom revealed at the end, it's every tribe, every tongue, every nation worshiping Jesus because we have been rescued by his grace and mercy. We've experienced the loving pursuit of God and we step in and we say, you are the bread of life. I want to eat and partake of your life. Would you feed me? Would you sustain me? Would you give me what I need? I am a needy person who needs rescue and Jesus says, as good news, I've got you. I have got you. Good news, I am the bread of life. Remember, I am the one who will give you what you need. 
Remember that even all the ancestors who ate manna from heaven died. I am the one who will not only give you life now, but life eternal. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the gate. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. Are you hungry for me? Are you hungry for the living God? That is the question we need to be asking ourselves every day. Seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, hunger and thirst for the things of God. Do not hunger for food that spoils and things that actually do not give life. Hunger for the giver of life. So here's my question for us today as we close. Are you welcoming the life of God into every part of your life? Like, are you welcoming God into every part of your life? Are you giving God authority in every part of your life? Do you believe? I'll tell you what, if he can figure out my eternal salvation and like how heaven will be, I think he can figure out my budget. By God's mercy and grace, he figured out like how the eye works and how it heals. I don't know. I can't tell you how to heal the eye, but I need it, like, right now. Like, I need my eye to heal right now. How about your relationships? How about your plans and your purposes, your singleness or your marriedness? How about the heartache of your soul? Because somebody you love and care about is no longer with you, or somebody you love and care about, their life is in shambles. How about your own life? It takes every ounce of you just to get out of bed, and you're just going, this is miserable. Depression is miserable. Anxiety is miserable. Loneliness is miserable. What about there? Am I eating the bread of life, and am I saying, God, I need you? God, I need you. Give me this bread. Do you believe? Do you believe? God has come to rescue us, and it is in the fullness of life revealed in Jesus we have hope. So here's what I want to do. If you have never anchored your story in Jesus, saying, I believe Jesus, you are the rescue I need, today is the day. Today is the day you can hear the good news of Jesus and you can realize I am being called by God. This is just me responding to the truth. God loves you. God loves you. For God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus so that all might come to life. If you have never received and responded to the love of Jesus, I just give you the invitation. Today is the day. You can know that. That can shape your entire being for the rest of your days. I'm going to give you a chance to stand in just a minute. But you're going to stand with another group of people. 
Because as a follower of Jesus, here's the thing I'm becoming most confident in. It's this. I need my need for God to increase. My need for a Ford Bronco is not going to save me. It is going to cost me money. It is going to cost me insurance. It's going to depreciate in value. And then I'll have a need for another vehicle. Because I'm materialistic. Maybe that's a bad example. I don't know. We need a, we, a good preacher gives good illustration, right? Maybe you are like, I, now I can pray for Kurt. That with gratitude in his heart, he would understand he drives a vehicle that's very nice and good. And that's true. But this is what we do. This is what we do. We think all these things are going to satisfy our soul. And it doesn't. Or it does for a moment. You know what a brand new car turns into? A used car. presence of the living God. You know what that does for you every day? Hope. It's life. It's peace. It's joy. It is, it is a fellow suffering servant with you in the mess. It is a theology of sorrow because God says I, Jesus is acquainted with sorrow. It gives you God himself with you in every part of your life. I need more of God. I need my need for God to increase. If that makes sense to you today, either you're giving your life to Christ and you're saying, I need the rescue of Jesus, or you have already made that decision to believe, but you realize the work that God continues to call you to is to trust and believe in him, and you just need God to show up in your life, I just want us to stand collectively as a community of need, and then we're going to pray for one another and close our service today. So if that just makes sense to you, I don't know how this works. I just go, I actually know what it's like to need that and stand in a room. And so if you're just here today and you go, I need God or I need rescue, I just want you to feel the freedom to stand and we're going to surround you and pray, pray blessing. And also, if you don't stand, that's okay. The Holy Spirit is already working on you if you know that's what you need. And, and the Holy Spirit moves when we sit and when we kneel and we stand and all every which way. And if you walk out of this room and go, you know what, I should have stand. I should have just done it, Kurt. I, I know that I'm coming to faith in Jesus He'll handle it in the car. He'll handle it in your living room. He'll handle it when you're weeping tears that nobody else sees you weep. And so if you know you need prayer today or you just see God calling you into his story, go ahead and stand. And we're going to pray for you and we're going to close our time. Thank you, God. God, we just bless. We bless what you're doing. As people are standing, we just thank you for the humility of heart that's like, I need you. I, it doesn't matter what that looks like. It doesn't matter what people think. The other thing, too, is if you're just so nervous, you're like, I can't believe he's asking me to stand. That feels manipulative. Here's the thing. It's just you and God. Like, I, I don't need you to stand. So, God, for anybody who's just sitting, we ask that you would come right now. For anybody who's online, that just, we ask that you would come with your kingdom. If somebody's standing near you, I would love for you just to, like, stand with them. We don't want anybody, nobody ever stands alone in God's kingdom. Nobody ever stands alone in a moment of need. We come alongside and we bless Okay, I'm going to give it just one more minute, just if you would love prayer today. Here's the, like, if you just know you need prayer today, you just know you need prayer, that's what we're standing for right now. We need God to meet us. Okay, let's stand, let's all stand together. So God, we just thank you as we stand together, we receive you and your scriptures. There is just so much here. We could just preach 
multiple messages out of this, and what it comes down to is you say, I am the bread of life. You are anchoring us in a faith story that is about you. It is your power to give resurrection life and eternal life, and I pray that over the entire room. I pray, God, that we would be a people who know the way you give life, that we would let your life come into every aspect of who we are. I pray for people who are hurting that you would come be their healing. I pray for people who are hopeless and despairing that you would break through that cloud and that darkness, that you would be the light of life. I pray for people who are just spiritually hungry that you would feed and nourish them. I pray for people who are just parched desert wilderness. It feels like that you have been so far away. And I pray today we would be reminded that you have wandered in the desert that you know what that's like, and that we can draw life from you. Holy Spirit, come and move by your grace, mercy, and power. We pray these things over your kids, over the ones you love. May we receive from you and respond to you. This week, in Jesus' name, we bless them to go out with the hope of Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.